Welcome to Deed and Truth, a podcast exploring loving God and loving your neighbors, not just in words, but also in actions, and with the Bible as the source and standard of truth. I'm your host, Tommy Morris, and today I have a special guest in the studio with me. Today I have Jacob Stauffer. Stauffer. How do you say it? Stouffer. Stouffer. I knew I blew it. See, I, I know I've had it right before, and then I just second-guessed myself. All right, so today in the studio I have with me Jacob Stouffer. And Jacob is going to be sharing with us about anxiety. So, Jacob, before we get into the topic, I want to give you a little bit, I want to give you a chance to just share a little bit about yourself. So, tell us about Jacob. All right. So, I'm I'm Jacob. I am a software developer. I also have a degree in, in theology, and I'm working on a degree in biblical counseling. That's all I would like to say about myself right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're keeping it brief. Keeping yeah. it brief. Yeah, you've done a lot of schooling. You have like like back to back to back to back. Yeah, I had yeah. there was some overlap on those two degrees, but yeah, I just had one class left with the theology and then now I'm well now I'm part time with biblical counseling. I was yeah. doing it full time. But yeah, work will work will change things up a little bit. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I wanna do everything. <laughs> I wanna do everything I was doing before when I was just in school, but now that I'm working again. Right. All um, right. I will say with the busy schedule, I can relate to that. But also just with the way society and life is right now, I would say fear and anxiety are two key topics that we see a lot nowadays, whether it is directly people talking about it or we just see it in action. We just see it in people's lives. We see the impact and effects of it in people's daily living and just kind of how they respond to things. You know, we thought that it would be a good good opportunity to come and share. You've shared a personal testimony with myself and, and my wife, and we were talking about it a little bit. And we thought, man, we really need to get you on here to, to talk a little bit more about this and just things that God has shown you in your own life. So I want to open the door for you to just start with maybe some of the brief history of kind of how we ended up talking about this to begin with. Oh, yeah, sure. So we had a super cool, awesome uh, banquet at Live Oak, the year-end banquet, and everybody, well, almost everybody <laughs> gets up and shares kind of a testimony or like a brief um yeah, a brief testimony about God uh, will stand up during the banquet and say, hey, how how has God been good this year to each of us? And he has. He has been good to all of us. So that's that was an awesome time. Um, we just got to praise the Lord. And I got up there and basically mentioned, hey, I had really, really severe anxiety. And God, this year, completely reversed my fortunes and brought my anxiety down from a 10 to like a 1. So then, yeah, after the banquet, we talked privately, and I shared a little bit more of my story, and yeah, so that's that's where we're at. <laughs> yeah. So I will leave it up to you as far as how much of that story you want to share, but uh, would like to hear a little bit about how how anxiety did impact your life. I mean, we're talking about a 10 to a 1 mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is, is quite a drastic change, yeah. and so what what was it that was making life a 10? So a 10 would be so okay obviously so maybe a 10 is exaggeration because i think pe <laughs> people had but it's it's close to a yeah, 10 yeah because yeah. people have worse but yeah i did have like all the ptsd symptoms you know not to say that i had ptsd but like i remember reading it and being like yeah i got that mm. yeah 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 so from day to day it was like daily anxiety daily wrong thinking about certain things where like my thoughts are going a little bit crazy and i have to rein myself in nightmares usually usually uh each each night and then like month to month it, it would be like 
maybe once or twice a month, I would have a severe episode that will last anywhere from like three days to a week where I'm basically out. Like I'm not thinking clearly the whole time. It, it, it would be one of one of two things. Usually like I would be catatonic. Like I'm just sitting there doing nothing and I just can't seem to seem to move or get anything done. Or two, I would be frantic and maniacal or yeah, I don't know if that's the right word. Like manic. <laughs> manic, that's yeah. it. Fr- uh, frantic, yeah, like monomaniacal, like fr- frantically obsessing over one thing mm. and just unable to think to think clearly. It would affect my sleep. Like I, during those times, I wouldn't sleep very much. Oftentimes, I would lose my appetite. Yeah, so that's where that's why I would call it like a 10, a 9 or a 10. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty severe things. We're talking about nightmares, sleep deprivation, um, you know, almost being frozen, mm-hmm. you know, in fear to where it's like you just, I mean, maybe moments of not even wanting to leave the house, you know? Yeah, so probably by the time that it cleared up, that God essentially, like, lifted my anxiety from me, I was probably getting, like, five minutes of social contact a day. Like, I was totally isolated. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So it was like, and I, I I liked that in a sense. Like, I didn't want to be around people. Mm. Um, yeah, so there was that, a lot of a lot of isolation, too. So you are, I would say, I don't know, I don't know how to word it, but you're, I would say you're kind of a researcher. You're a, you're a programmer by nature, but mm-hmm. also, I mean, in your theological studies and things, I, I look at you as that kind of that teacher type who likes to get into some of the details. So in all of this, was there a sense of trying to understand it and reading in and studying it? Not at first. Like at first, I think I just didn't acknowledge that. I didn't acknowledge that it was a problem. Like, okay, so I've been... I've been anxious my whole life, and then I got saved like uh, a little less than three years ago. So then my anxiety kind of lifted, but then it came back real, real strong. But I think I was so used to being anxious that it didn't, like to me, it was just like, whatever, this is just life. And then when the big episodes would hit, it was just paralyzing. And then when they were over, I was just so grateful. So I never really thought about it or tried to do anything about it, which was a big mistake. I never thought about how sin factored into it. Yeah, so at first, definitely like, I just kind of pretended like it, it... it wasn't real. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and if it had been a part of your life for so long, I, I mean, it's easy to kind of, to maybe not have that awareness or not thinking into, I should probably look into this or, yeah. you know, something. Cause it's just like, well, this is the way it's always been. And so you just kind of accept it and settle in. Yeah. When I did start looking into it, it was a big, it was a big epiphany. So I had like kind of two epiphanies around it. Yeah. It was a big epiphany. Like, Hey, maybe I should do something about this. Hey, maybe I should talk to my pastor about this. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, but as a new believer, like those thoughts were kind of foreign to me because I'm used to my whole life being, you know, self-sufficient and independent. It's like, no, 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 you don't ask for help. You just hunker down and take care of it yourself. And it's like, well, no, yeah, I'm part of a family here. And I'm also, I'm also subject to, to the elders of my church and they're also here to help me. So yeah, that was, yeah. Well, so let's do this. So I want to talk about some of the things you, you brought up before about misconceptions. So in this, what have you found that have been some misconceptions about anxiety and, and people struggling with it, or even in, for you personally struggling with it? Oh yeah. So personally for me, oh, it's, yeah, I got to think about that a little bit. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of the big things is I guess the anxiety is, is a disorder. So essentially it's something that's happening to you. Uh, that would be the big misconception. Like anxiety is not something that's happening to you. It's something that you're deliberately reacting to, responding to, and acting out. Your thoughts are not happening to you because a lot of anxiety is 
thinking, 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 overthinking, examining, how can I avoid disaster and ruminating? Those thoughts are not happening to you. Those are the thoughts you're, <laughs> you're thinking. <laughs> you're deliberately thinking though. So that's, that's a big one. Another misconception is, is that there's no cure for it either. Is that you're kind of stuck here, especially for a believer. Like if you're a believer, you are not like anxiety is not a fate you have to resign to. That this is why Jesus says time and again, like, do not be afraid. Like he tells you that because he expects you really not to be afraid and not to be anxious. So you would think along those lines, I would think maybe the mindset of anxiety is something where I'm going to always have, and I'm just going to mitigate the symptoms, not something that Christ can set me free from or that I can be delivered from. Right. Right. That's that's kind of maybe along those lines of the misconception. Yeah. And that anxiety is just a set of symptoms because it's not, it's a whole, it's, it's, or, or yeah, like it's a set of symptoms that's happening to you. It's kind of a worldview the, you have, you're anxious because you have a worldview and we can talk about that later. But like my, my thinking is like all unbelievers should be incredibly anxious <laughs> given their worldview, you know, or given the reality of the situation, like you could die at any moment and there's nothing you could do about it. So you should be living in fear. And then if you, if you add in some more reality, you're not right with God. And that should also terrify you if you, if you believed that or cared about that. So yeah, your thoughts and your fears stem from stem from your worldview. Yeah, I like kind of how you're saying that, you know, anxiety is is not as much something that's happening to you as it's a reaction to to maybe things mm-hmm. out, out, you know, so, external stimuli or right. circumstances and there is a reaction from within us mm-hmm. to those external things. Yeah, so it's not to say uh, like I I don't want to obviously I don't want to um downplay anybody's anxiety it's not to say that you don't have horrible circumstances happening to you yeah of course but we are responsible for our reactions to those to those circumstances and some people anxiety isn't a huge issue like they could have these horrible like some people go through a terrible trauma in war and they don't get ptsd it's different from person to person so some some person can have like a little tiny thing happen or something that we would think oh come on and, and it, it ruins them and they, they're a nervous wreck for the next, you know, for the rest of their li- lives even. So, yeah, so, but the point is some people have, have terrible circumstances, but if we are believers in Christ, we are responsible for how we react to those circumstances. Um, and we can't, we can't make any excuses. So the good verse for that would be 1 Corinthians 10, 13, which is no temptation has overtaken you that is not common to man. God is faithful and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escape that you may be able to endure it. So basically, we can't, we can never say, we can never make an excuse for sin. Um, and we, and also another a corollary to that is we can never, we should never think we're alone in our sins. Like, oh, I'm experiencing something that no other believer has experienced. Yeah, that's good. So this kind of leads into to maybe some of the roots you kind of hit on a little bit there, mm. and some of what you said, but. Let's speak to to some of the roots of anxiety. I mean, you, you discussed a little bit about worldviews, right? So mm-hmm. we, we look at an earthly temporal worldview versus a godly eternal mindset when it comes to our worldview. How do those things maybe play into anxiety? And what are some of the other roots that you've seen uh, or in your studies um, noticed kind of play into that or, or feed anxiety? Yeah, so a good verse to start off for kind of defining anxiety would be Isaiah 26.3, which is you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And the you is God. So you keep, so you, God, keep a man in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So 
That's what it looks like for somebody to be at perfect peace. Now, anxiety is the opposite of that. So anxiety is distrust in God, which makes sense because if our mind is stayed on God, we will trust him because in light of who God is and what he's done, anxiety is insane. It's insane. If you're a believer, you know, it's like the all-powerful loving creator of the universe is my father and he's promised to take care of me, bring me to the finish line and then give me eternal joy. I have nothing to fear. So the main root of anxiety or even let's say the definition of anxiety would be a distrust in God. So as far as roots go, there's oftentimes sin and various sins are roots. So for different people, it's going to look differently, but you, you can almost guarantee that if you have anxiety, there's, there's some sin involved. I would say like in 99 out of 100 cases, like maybe if you're drinking six Red Bulls a day, you're anxious. You know, I don't know. Maybe, okay, lack of self-control. That's your sin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But anxious about your heart exploding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that would be another route, which we could talk about a lot of things there, but but it's sin. The The Bible has this this paradigm starting at the very beginning of sin leading to fear and then that fear leading to more sin. So like starting with Adam and Eve. The sin they ate of the fruit led to fear. They hid that fear led to sin. Adam blame shifting. <laughs> yeah, and you see this a lot in, in the Bible. So some some I would say of the common sins that are underlying anxiety would be selfishness, pride, control, like being controlling, or you could say like an idolatry for control, uh, ungodliness, which is kind of all encompassing, and yeah, just overall self obsession. So for me, so obviously there were a lot of factors to my anxiety. There was a sin I dealt with that as soon as I dealt with it, God like stripped my anxiety away. It was, yeah, it was amazing. And that sin was dishonoring my mother. So I had become afraid, afraid of her and I had, I had avoided her for two years. So that's a sin. Like avoiding your mother is not honoring her. (laughs) So when I, so I guess this is back to my story, but when I had made a decision, so I, I wasn't just avoiding her, but I was also avoiding other members of my immediate family. When I made the decision or when I came to the realization of, wow, okay, I'm in sin, I need to repent, and I need to reconcile with my mom and my sisters, yeah, that's when that's when things that's when God just kind of took my anxiety away. So for I'm kind of rambling a little bit here, but for <laughs> so another route because of sin, like it could be that God is disciplining you using anxiety and he's trying to show you, hey, deal with this sin in your life. There have been numerous times in my life, right, mm. where there is unrepentant sin or something I know that God is touching going, it's time to deal with this, right? Yeah. And there is an anxiety to that. of, And it, it plays into that list you already listed out. Mm. It can be fear, maybe fear of other people. Fear of uh, approval, yeah. Yeah, fear of approval, <laughs> fear of what they're going to think in, in me confessing or repenting of this sin and it becoming known that I struggled with xyz it could be fear of the other person's reaction Mm. like are they going if i come and i'm bringing restoration are they going to receive that are they going to accept me is there going to be rejection it you know it can be the anxiety of change and now if i'm repenting of this now i am relinquishing this control that i've held over this even though it's made my life miserable Mm. i'm in control of it Mm. right or i think i am and so now I'm relinquishing control and I'm giving that to God and I'm, you know, creating vulnerability with maybe other people and things like that. And so that, that can create anxiety. And so, yeah, to finally give that to God, very freeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's incredibly freeing. 
Now, yeah, since you mentioned control, touching on that, that's a huge source of anxiety. It makes sense. Is is a desire to control things. It, it makes sense that that would be a source of anxiety because we can't. Yeah. We don't have control. So when so you're doomed to failure here. So you think I'm only going to be happy if I can control this, 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 and this, and if I can get this, if I can get my favorable outcome. Okay, well, you're in control of none of that. <laughs> God is in control of all of that. So oftentimes, yeah, oftentimes control is a great source of anxiety. And yeah, it, it involves relinquishing control to God. And if that's the main source of your anxiety, yeah, and it's not easy. <laughs> it's not easy to do, but relinquish control to God. You're probably gonna have to do it time and time again and again and again, as you notice yourself wanting to control situations, um, but relinquish that control to God and just, yeah, watch your anxiety evaporate. Yeah, and we, we spoke briefly about uh, Brian Christman from Heart of the Bride, spoke recently on a pandemic of fear mm-hmm. and some of the points that he made. And for that sermon, what he shared was, do these questions are the ones that stood out to me. Do you believe that God is good and wants what's best for you? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you trust in his wisdom more than your own understanding? Do you believe that he is sovereign and that he will work his sovereign will in your life? You know, in those things, if you can answer affirmatively to those, that alleviates anxiety because you're putting it all back to God. You're you're recognizing that he has power and authority and control. We do not. And it's a very freeing thing to say, hey, I'm going to allow the creator of the universe mm-hmm. to handle this instead of me trying to micromanage it. Yeah. And like I said, it's easier said than done. Yeah. But God God gives us the strength to do that because we might be so we might be so hunkered down in our way of thinking. We might assent to all of those things. Yeah, God is sovereign, of course. God is loving. God is good. God God is wise. But functionally, <laughs> we're not thinking that way. That's why we're anxious. We're not thinking as if those things so it might take and this is definitely recommended for, for people who are who struggle with anxiety. Study God's attributes. Mm. Hit them hard. Yeah. <laughs> Study God. For me, for me, it was God's love. That that was one that, that helped me a lot. But that might not be it for you. It might be God's sovereignty. It might be God's God's knowledge. Here's an example. If you're trying to think through to, to have the perfect outcome and you're trying to think, okay, if if this person, if I say this, then this person is going to react this way, then this, then this, then this. But then if they do this, 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 and you're trying, you're trying to say, you're trying to basically predict the future here, right? You can't do that. (laughs) So you're, so if that's the case, you need to study God's knowledge and God's wisdom. God has knowledge of the future. You don't. (laughs) So you need to give that up and realize, uh, I mean, a lot of it comes down to humbling yourself before God too. But yeah, that, that's one you might need to study is God's wisdom and God's knowledge. He has it. You don't a lot. Most likely you got to study God's providence. God has control. You don't. Um, for me, I had to study his love because if I think Brian talked about this, like if you believe that God is sovereign and you don't believe he's loving, even though you might, you might attest to believing that, but functionally, that's not how your thoughts are going. You think God just going to tear my life apart, you know, (laughs) (laughs) at a whim, you know, that's not how, Yeah. yeah, that's not what God is about. Yeah. So if you don't functionally live as if God is loving, that's going to be a great source of, of anxiety if you think he is, if you rightly think that he is sovereign. And you touched on thoughts, you know, and we had talked a little bit before recording about how thoughts play into the root uh, of it and, and the things that we think about and, and, and kind of 
Ruminate. I don't know what the word is. Anyway, ruminate. <laughs> ruminate. Here, here's yeah. something for people who are, who are who are anxious. Rumination. Don't do it. <laughs> don't ruminate. You might think, yeah, ruminating is like my best attribute. Like I'm the rumination guy. You know, <laughs> I'm the ruminator. <laughs> I'm the ruminator. Like this is what makes me unique. No, it's not good. You're tricking yourself thinking that that's that's a good thing. It's not. Do not do not ruminate because usually it is something like that. You're trying to. You're, you're contending with God a lot of the times. You're, you want to be in control. You want to be the one who has the knowledge. Or, or your rumination just involves bitterness, judgmentalism, and, and fear. Yeah, usually rumination is not the way to go. Meditation on God. This is hard, too. This is hard. Like It's not, it's not easy at first. But the more you work at it, it gets easier and easier and easier. This is what Jesus says. Take, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Um, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's like, yes, it is. At first, it's hard to turn from from your old patterns, to turn from your old patterns of thinking. But as you continue and continue, it gets easy, easy, easy. And then you're like, wow, it really is. His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Um, but turning from those thinking patterns is not easy. You could even you could even start thinking like, no, this is impossible. Like I just, I have to think these thoughts. Like it beca- you're a slave to your thoughts. It's like, no, 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 I have to keep thinking about this. I have to think this through perfectly. No, you don't. First Corinthians 10, 13, no temptation has overtaken you. That is not com- common to man. You do not have to have those thoughts. You need to turn from those thoughts and start thinking about God. Start thinking, how does Christ factor into this situation? Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the mental health field, medical, well, health uh, behavioral health with mm-hmm. mental health and <laughs> substance use. And there's a lot of talk of cognitive behavioral therapy, right? And it's, mm-hmm. it's the thoughts and then our responses to things like we talked about with the way we respond to anxiety or mm-hmm. social stimuli or things that create anxiety uh, in a sense. Um, but there's a lot of talk about thoughts, but here's the thing is prior to there being CBT, uh, there was Paul in Philippians Absolutely. And, yeah. <laughs> and Philippians four, Six through eight, Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then specifically to thoughts, he says this, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, Think about these things. So Paul's addressing our thoughts long before cognitive behavioral therapy or any of these other mm-hmm. things, psychological tools uh, were out there. And so there's there's something to be said about what we think on and what we meditate on. Yeah. You know, and you know, you go through that list. Is it true? Is it honorable? You know, and when you go through that list and you think Christ and His Word will answer yes to those things every single time, every single time. And that if that is what you put your thoughts on, mm-hmm. you're, you're off to a good start. Yeah, absolutely. Like there's, yeah, there's so many, if you're anxious, there's so much good that you need to think about. <laughs> like all of God's attributes, who he is, like Jesus said, uh, and this is eternal life that they may know you, the only God and Jesus Christ whom you sent. Like this is an amazing thing, knowing God more and more. It, it, like Jesus is right. Of course, everything he says is true. Like, it's right. Knowing God, understanding who he is more and more, you can't go wrong there. Understanding the gospel backwards and forwards, seeing what Jesus is, looking back, seeing what Jesus has already done to you. If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his only son, but gave him up for us all, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? 
looking at God's love manifested on the cross of Christ. Um, that's another thing to definitely dwell on if you're anxious. Looking at the future, the eternal state, there will be no mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore. Yeah, these things, know who God is, what he's already done for you, what he plans to do for you. Yeah, these are these are things to meditate on for sure. Well, yeah, and I mean, we're told even in, in looking to eternity in Christ and his return, we are told to comfort one another with these words, yeah. right? That there is, it is to bring comfort. You know, and when I think comfort, I don't think anxiety. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, I mean, I, I think we hit, hit this already, but that's something to, to reiterate for sure is like, God does not want you to be anxious. That's like, when you read the Bible in light of the subject of fear, you see how much it's talked about, especially in the yeah. Psalms. Like, yeah. God does not want us to be afraid. He's given us the resources for that. It's all, always contrasts trusting God with fear. Ah, I, you know, I have these enemies. They're scary. But I trust in the Lord. So yeah, God does not want us to be afraid. He has given us the resources we need. He has given us his word. Uh, he's given us his spirit. He's given us his church, other spirit-enabled brothers and sisters to help us. So along with that, I mean, we've, we've talked about a lot of the tools um, that can be utilized in, in ways, scripture and just community with one another as believers, but uh, can help in regards to combating anxiety in our lives. But is there anything else that you want to share as far as uh, what I would say, maybe the long game, being proactive in finding that freedom in Christ when it comes to anxiety and and combating those, for lack of a better term, anxiety anxiety attacks mm. uh, that kind of come in your life. So I think the reason I want to ask this is sometimes we can be reactive. We put some tools in the toolbox to pull out situationally when an anxiety attack or panic attack happens. Yeah, that's definitely true. It's a long game. Like, especially if, if you have severe anxiety, it's a long game. I guess the first thing that pops into my mind is definitely like always be working on your sin. Always be praying, asking for like, God, reveal me, reveal to me the blatant sins. Um, be be confessing, be repenting. That's usually the, the first place to look. And then, of course, like we've been talking about, building this foundation of, of knowledge of God and what he's done for us. So for me, it was a slow process. Like So, so basically what I want to do is I want to minimize the amount of time that I start feeling really, really anxious to I turn to God, <laughs> right? That time used to be three days, maybe. Wow. That's not good. <laughs> That's not good. Now it's five seconds. So we're doing good. So basically, that's, that is your long-term plan. Anxiety is an alarm. Um, intrusive thoughts are an alarm that tells you, hey, you need to turn to God now. Let's, let's limit the amount of time it takes for you to notice that alarm. You, it, maybe it is like four hours before you're like, oh, yeah, I need to turn to God here. Don't get down on yourself. Like God gives more grace. He's working with you through this. He is working to sanctify you, and he is for you. So you're not going to be great at it at first. But yeah, noticing that and turning to God, maybe maybe writing a journal entry or something about God's attributes, about how does God factor into this? How does God's sovereignty factor into this situation? How does God's you know love factor into this situation, etc.? And casting all your anxieties on the Lord, being specific in your prayer about what is what is bothering me right now. And then yeah, as time goes on, let's let's notice how good God is in responding to our to us turning to him and let's get those time periods shorter and shorter, shorter. So that one day, like there is hope for sure. One day it's like, Hey, I'm anxious. Let me turn to the Lord right away and just deal with this. So I don't know if that <laughs> answered yeah, the question. That helps a lot. That helps a lot because I mean, I think anxiety similar to depression, things like that, like we can become very internally focused. Mm -hmm. We look at us, mm. 
you know, and the more you do that, the more you ruminate, the more you obsess. And I think the, the faster that we can push our eyes externally off of us onto Christ, then we can start to do these things where we're taking our th- thoughts captive. We are focusing mm-hmm. on his attributes. We are looking at what scripture says is true, uh, both about God and about us and about his work in our lives. I like that. I like the the goal of shrinking the time that it takes <laughs> from the trigger or the the onset of the episode to turning it to God, mm-hmm. to turning to him. And three days to five seconds is pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Praise the Lord. Another thing that I guess I don't want to leave out is what you put on. Um, so there's, I brought a couple books today just so I had to remember them. So this this book is called Fear. It's like a short booklet by Lou Priolo, um, and he fo- well he focuses on a lot of the stuff we've talked about, but he also focuses a lot on the putting on, um, and he says that's that's the big key to fear of people. Um, largely, is putting on loving actions toward others. So that's important. Even if so, you so let's say you have fear of people, fear of man, you fear their approval. Basically. Yeah, developing patterns where you're focusing on, okay, how can I bless this person? How can I love this person? Not, how can I get this person's approval? How can I get this person to like me? No, 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 let's forget about that. How can I bless this person? So developing those habits too is, I mean, it's what Jesus commands, (laughs) is us to to love each other. So that's definitely a big part of anxiety too and the the long game. And since I got them, I'll mention the other yeah, two books ahead. I bought. <laughs> yeah, I was like, you got two more there. Like, yeah. Keep going. So this was a big book for me. I read it twice. It's called When People Are Big and God is Small. It's by uh, Ed Welsh. This is recommended for everyone because I think, I'm, I'm guessing most believers are struggling with fear of man. Maybe you've never heard the, the phrase fear of man. I hadn't. By the time I first read this, I was like, what is that? I was like, I don't think that applies to me. <laughs> um, then you read it and you're like, oh, that's me. Oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah. me. And he'll talk a lot about how sin how sin factors into people pleasing or peer pressure or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, this is this is a good a good one for seeing kind of the underlying roots of the sin of people pleasing. And then the last book I brought is called I Am which is by Brian Russell. And it's just a devotional study of the attributes of God. So this is good. This is good for any, anyone with general anxiety. Like you need to, you need to meditate on the attributes of God because if you're anxious, there's one you're missing. <laughs> there's at least one you're missing. For me, it was love and probably like a couple others. Yeah. For you, it might be, it might even be God's uh, justice, you know, but there's something, there's something you're, you're missing that you need to meditate on. That's good. We can post links to those to share those in the show notes. So that way people can find the resources. Uh, so before we close, any final thoughts or remarks regarding anxiety or God's work in your life in it? Anything that we didn't touch on that we wanted to? The only thing I want to say is just praise the Lord. God is so good. Yeah, God loves you. He's for you. <laughs> he doesn't want you to be anxious. And he wants you to live life abundantly. Yeah, don't don't get stuck thinking this is this is the rest of my life. God really does want you to live life abundantly and joyfully. He wants you to he wants you to be joyful and thankful in every situation. Um so you can't do that when you're depressed. You can't do that when you're anxious. <laughs> True that. All right, Jacob. Well, I appreciate you coming on today and uh, sharing. Thank you for the words of knowledge uh, <laughs> from God's work in your life in this and just for sharing your testimony of how God's worked. Awesome. Thank you so much for inviting me on. Yes, sir. 
Thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in every Monday as I have a special guest in the studio to talk with me about what it is to love God and love our neighbors in both deed and in truth. And check us out every Friday for a new episode of Freestyle Friday. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss an episode. Leave us a review and go ahead and share the podcast with your friends. You can also check us out online at deedandtruthpodcast.com and you can connect with us on social media. We're on Twitter at deed underscore truth and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by searching the Deed and Truth Podcast. All right, until next time.